0: What can healthcare entities do to improve their security risk management programs? I'm Marianne Kobusak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Tom Andre, Vice President of Information Services at the Cooperative of American Physicians, or CAP. Tom will discuss some of the top challenges that he sees hospitals and other healthcare providers having in keeping their computer systems safe from cyber attacks and other threats. The Cooperative of American Physicians offers medical professional liability protection and risk management services. So now Tom, in your dealings with hospitals and doctor practices, what are the biggest mistakes that you see them making in their security risk management strategies and programs? Well, I would say you should understand that you're not alone, that the mistakes that hospitals
1: and healthcare providers make are the same ones that other organizations make because there's a lot of attacks that are happening these days. But, you know, some of them would include assuming that you're an unlikely target. Now, you might look at yourself as a small organization and say, North Korea is not going to go after me, uh, government-sponsored entity is not going to try to hack me like they might try to get into Sony, but the fact is that there's some social engineering attacks like ransomware, which you've been hearing about, that are targeted at anyone and everyone. It's it's really a scattergun attack, and even though you're not being specifically targeted, it's still going to hurt. Another mistake you can make is to assume that one line of defense like antivirus is sufficient, and a lot of security experts will tell you that really no defense is hundred percent perfect, so what you need is to have multiple layers. Antivirus, anti spam, training your employees on how to how to look out for social engineering attacks. Another mistake you can make is just resignation. You might think, Well, gee, if Sony, if Target, Home Depot, the Office of Personnel Management and Budget can get attacked and they've got huge budgets, I've got nothing in comparison. How can I possibly keep up with with it at all? The truth is that big organizations often do make mistakes. With the Office of Personnel Management and Budget, there was a red flag that got missed. They were hacked. So there are lots of things that you can do to make sure that you're keeping everything up to date and you're not making some common mistakes. Another mistake you can make is to not realize the lure and the market value of medical records. One of my favorite quotes is from the legendary bank robber Willie Sutton. Willie was once asked, Willie, why do you rob banks? And his answer to that was, because that's where the money is. And the fact is that, that in, when you're talking about cyber attacks, medical records is where the money is. The FBI has reported that a partial electronic health record is worth $50 on the black market. If you compare that to a Social Security number or a credit card number, which is worth about a dollar, you realize there's a lot of money to be made in packing and and obtaining medical records. Now, the question is, why is that? Well, what they found is that theft of, of EHR generally takes twice as long to detect. So what happens is there's a bigger window of opportunity to use that information once it's stolen than it would be with a credit card, which can be shut down right away what will they do with it? They might set up a store for an operation that's submitting bogus medical claims to insurance companies. They use it to obtain prescriptions and things like that. Finally, one mistake that a healthcare organization can make is not encrypting what we call data in transit or data in motion. And what that really just means is information, protected information that's leaving your premises. So You may have everything very well guarded in your hospital, in your medical office, behind locked doors and secure networks. But once that information leaves on a a laptop or on a flash drive, if it's not encrypted, it could be breached. The California Attorney General just issued a cyber breach report, and one of the things she mentioned in it was that more than half the breaches in healthcare resulted in a failure to encrypt. That means that's 55% in healthcare compared with 16% in other sectors. So that's an area where there could be, you know, there's an opportunity to really beef up the security.
0: So now, Tom, you brought up the importance of encryption. You also brought up phishing attacks. And I know that some of the large health data breaches that we have seen have involved uh, phishing attacks that have uh, targeted privileged users within an organization, being able to kind of fool these people into giving away their credentials. And once these hackers get in, sometimes encryption is not enough to protect the data that these attackers have access to. Any suggestions for how organizations, if they are breached, if their credentials do get compromised, how they can kind of stop the damage before things run out of control?
1: Once the credentials have been breached, it's very important to to get your your system isolated and make sure that you can get those credentials changed so that you can stop the damage. You, once you've been breached, you need to do a pretty thorough assessment of what's been breached. That could be involved. Now, the recent I- incident with the hospital here in Los Angeles, that was a situation, it doesn't appear to be a targeted breach or targeted with targeted credentials. There's not a lot of information on it, but it sounds very much like a, a typical ransomware attack where it's it's random. Bottom line is it's it's still damaging,
0: but I don't think it was a targeted attack. Tom, what's your assessment of the the level of preparedness that you see at healthcare provider organizations, and especially the smaller ones, to deal with the evolving cyber threats that we're seeing? Do they even realize what they're facing?
1: I don't think a lot do, and I think what would be a a recommended suggestion for a lot of companies would be, since since most of healthcare organizations are used to doing uh, HIPAA risk assessments, to do a cyber risk assessment is to take a look at, get an idea of what type of attacks are likely to happen to your organization, what that could cost you if you were breached, uh, or if information such as protected health information were breached or at least compromised, and Like with the hospital here in Los Angeles, your network is essentially shut down for several days. What's that going to cost you? Once you do that assessment, prioritize how you're going to prepare for each scenario. So you might look at what's a likely thing to happen to me? Well, lots of individuals, lots of organizations are falling victim to ransomware. So how do I protect myself against that? Is that? That's probably a big threat for almost everyone. Am I likely to be, uh, have somebody, if I'm a small medical practice, is somebody going to target me and break into my network? It's probably less likely. You still need to consider that, but you probably want to put your your priority on the things that are going to, you think are going to affect you most, that were most likely to affect you, like ransomware.
0: Tom, your organization deals with insurance and risk management issues, so I'm wondering what you think about this. The Healthcare Information Trust Alliance, or HITRUST, recently said that it's working to build awareness among cyber insurance firms of HITRUST's Common Security Framework, or CSF. The aim is that cyber insurance companies might consider offering premium discounts and other perks to healthcare organizations that implement the Trust common security framework to reduce their security risks. What do you think about the idea of cyber insurance companies offering discounts or other perks to organizations that implement certain security frameworks or governance programs to reduce their risk profile?
1: Well, I think it's good to nudge everyone in the direction of of implementing better security. I'm, I'm not sure that most of organizations really have a choice, and, and when I say that, I'm, I'm thinking about, again, the Attorney General of the Cal- State of California just issued her report, and there's a recommendation in there. Uh, it sounds like a recommendation, but it, it, <laughs> it sounds like beyond a recommendation. Where she says the uh, there's a, an organization called the Center for an Internet Security that publishes something called the 20 critical security controls, and the Attorney General's report says they specifically reference those that those top 20 and say they define a minimal level of information security all organizations that collect or maintain personal information should meet, and then goes further on to say the failure to implement those controls constitutes a lack of reasonable security. So I think the incentive from the cyber carriers is good in nudging them, but it almost sounds like the, the regulations in, in states are going to are going to dictate them anyway.
0: And so Tom, we also know that hospitals and doctors spend a lot of money on malpractice insurance for medical issues. Do you think more hospitals and doctor practices would take their security efforts more seriously if they thought they might might get better deals with cyber insurance policies, or that they would be a more suitable candidate for a policy if they spent more attention on cybersecurity. Is this a big issue when it comes to fighting over resources?
1: Well, I don't think I'm uh, an authority on the buying decisions on, on the medical offices, but you know there are a number of carriers like us that do include a, a measure of of cyber insurance to our insureds. I know we're not alone, and and there I, I think we need to raise the level of awareness of, of cyber issues so that it's not just, good, I have cyber policy, but you know maybe I need to look at, at, at increasing my limits or I need, I need to be doing something a little bit more proactive to protect my practice or my hospital.
0: Tom, as we mentioned earlier, there's been ransomware attacks on hospitals lately, other cyber attacks. Anything in particular that you're most worried about for 2016 in terms of these evolving threats that we're seeing?
1: Well, they're getting more sophisticated, and even though they are somewhat random, as I said, I don't really think the hosp- that particular hospital is targeted because from what I've read, a recent strain of ransomware is in- infecting over 90,000 computers per day. So it's, as I said, a scattergun approach, but it's it appears to be a very lucrative one. They're making millions of dollars in, in ransom payments. What I'm more concerned about is is they're getting more sophisticated, Originally, ransomware strains that we were seeing six months, eight months ago were targeting specific resources on networks, like if you had a, if you're familiar with Windows, a C drive, and if you have network D drives and E drives and things like that. Now it's, they're getting more sophisticated and they're targeting things that are not as visible to the, the common user. They, so far they don't seem to be attacking things like databases, so there may be, systems that have been immune from them in the past, but I don't really trust that we can always rely on them being so unsophisticated. They're still sophisticated. The, the, the encryption that they use is strong and, and these days can't be broken, so if you don't have backups, your only choice is to pay the ransom or give up your information. Again, I can only expect them to get more sophisticated. That's, that's my word.
0: In terms of mobile security, do you think that healthcare organizations, physician groups, hospitals, are they doing what they should be doing with mobile security? And where do you see the biggest gap that really needs to be filled?
1: Well, as I said earlier, I, the California Attorney General's report said that 55% of breaches in healthcare are coming from unencrypted data. So I think there's a lot to be done, uh, and that's in healthcare. So there's a lot to be, could be done there. Just making sure that when you send something out on a, on a CD, DVD, or a flash drive that you're using some encryption on what you're sending, if you're sending mobile devices out into the field or your employees are taking them out and they have protected health information on them, like on a laptop, you should really be encrypting that device. And and it's not terribly expensive. You can encrypt a Windows laptop for the cost of the software is less than $100. It's just you need to do it if you want to be absolutely safe. And you have to look at that, balance that against what would it cost you if you had a a HIPAA breach, probably a lot more than $100.
0: Thanks, Tom. I've been speaking to Tom Andre. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.